だるまさんが転んだギレうんチュチュチュチュなんだよこれだるまさんが転んだ神様、僕の退屈を。はやあ。ああ。うん。<笑> hey everybody <笑>。I'm Jack。I'm Andrew and welcome back to the wages of cinema。It's good to see you again。good to feel you。through the medium of podcasting。it's good to see me。feel me。touch me。heal me。the who。were podcasting before it was cool they were so yeah anyway uh, in in this event there so so (laughs) if you were hearing those noises that me and andrew were kind of making at the very beginning of this episode that was because we were we had a little bit of a a running joke going on between us when we were watching tonight's movie uh for what the devil is that that uh in anime movies and anime shows you have even in japanese live action yeah even well well i'll get to why i think this was reminding you of that um but there are certain little vocal tics and things that just are done in japan like hmm Uh 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 and these are like really dramatic moments in uh these type of movies but the movie that we're going to talk about today is called as the gods will Yes, as the gods will. This is our What the Devil is That movie. We wanted it to be for last week to fit, well, not last week, last month, to fit with our comic book theme because this is based off of a manga created in Japan, written by Muneyuki Kaneshiro. Okay, yeah. And I, I had no idea even that this was a comic book. And, you know, to the, uh, uh, to, to continuing on from how we do our, uh, th- this whole series. This was a movie that I hadn't heard of. And in a way, though, I actually realized, though, at near early on watching this movie tonight, I had actually seen the trailer for this movie. Really? Years ago. And I'd forgotten about it. And I shouldn't have. Because the trailer was crazy. As yeah, this, movie this is. film is crazy. Now, it's di- something- directed by... Uh, I know his name. You have your <laughs> Takashi, phone open. Takashi Maike. Yeah, Takashi Maike directed this. And the thing about Takashi Maike is it's understandable why I wouldn't heard of this despite the fact that I am a really I'm a I'm a big admirer of his work. I I looked actually uh, on Facebook. I sometimes keep uh, photo albums which show uh I kind of just log movies as I watch them sometimes. And sometimes I dedicate them for specific directors. And years ago, this is going back almost, God, probably a decade or more, I started a photo album for um, Takashi Miike movies I watched. And I looked back on it today, and I realized that tonight, this was my 40th Takashi Miike movie. Wow. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, though... That's almost like a drop in the bucket of what his oeuvre is. Because this guy, the thing you need to know about Takashi Maike, he's been directing since the early 90s. He got his start in, uh, like, Japanese direct-to-video kind of schlock. And he is like the Rainer Werner Fassbender of Japanese exploitation cinema. Uh, he, he He directs at least two or three movies a year if not more plus sometimes we'll throw in like a tv project in there uh for those who really follow japanese culture if you ever heard of multiple personality detective that was him um that was yeah that was a show i actually watched some episodes from it too <laughs> that but, sounds like a gag tv show that would be playing <laughs> in the background of, of an animated series like gravity falls or futurama yeah or something or like the simpsons yeah exactly but this was a thing yeah, and the th- a lot of people in stateside uh, in the United States probably know him best for audition, audition, audition and Ichi the Killer. Uh, but he's just made so many. 
I'm actually, I feel like you probably have seen one or two of his movies just by nature of. Takashi Maike has made so many films, it's highly likely you have seen one and didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. And that brings us to tonight's movie. Because, again, I, I hadn't heard of this movie. It, it came out, the thing is, he he sometimes had, it since, I'd say in the past five or six years, he hasn't had as many of his movies distributed in the United States. That's the thing that made this title particularly tricky. That's why, actually, we couldn't get it quite in time for last month. Luckily, Hollywood never stops making comic book movies, so I don't know if this will ever not be relevant. Oh, there's. <laughs> I mean, there is no way this was getting imported to the United States because this is the most Japanese thing. Oh my God! You and have seen in your entire life. <laughs> even compared to other Maike movies, and he's made some Japanese things like the Great Yoichi War. Have you ever heard of that? No. That's like his one of his kids' movies. It's like a epic where, like, I remember that. I remember that movie especially because it, it's a movie with the. Uh, Lots of monsters and some kids and adults gun adventures with them. I forget what. And there's one point where there's just like a character who's a wall, and he introduces himself because like the camera pans over, and he's like a wall with eyes and like a mouth, and he's like, uh, so I'm a wall. And then the girl's like, come on, you can be useful. He's like, I don't know, I'm a wall. The Great Yokai War. Great Yokai, sorry. Yeah, the th the yeah thing, the no thing way is, that was getting imported either. Now, I, I, again, I've seen a good many of this man's movies, literally dozens. Uh, I need to turn off my Facebook there for a moment. Um, and so I kind of had a thought, all right, I know what I should expect. Yet every time I watch one of his movies, whether it's Zebra Man or, uh, or... Uh, Sukiyaki Western Django, which featured a random Quentin Tarantino cameo. Sukiyaki Western Django was a little lackluster, if you ask me. It was okay. But let's get on to but this, movie, this. As the Gods Will. I went into this completely cold. You hadn't even seen a trailer. Uh, no. And yet you I actually were the one who suggested I suggested this. And because it was something I hadn't heard of. And as soon as I'm like, oh, it's based off of manga, then right. it's like, perfect. In, into into the list. I don't want to find any, anything else. Yeah. And this this turned out to be awesome. This turned out to be just sheer Maike insanity from the from the get go. Yeah. The thing this about, is insane. Yeah. So the thing to know about so this movie is about oh where to start? It, it's it, about um it's about a teenager about, named Shun. Shun Takata. He's in high Shun school. Shun Takahata. Sorry. And. One day, a killer Daruma doll shows up, and they have to play an evil game of red light, green light. It's basically inside and this they're, class. And they're off. In the classroom, like, yeah, just randomly we cut into a classroom, and right away there's this giant floating doll head talking and basically playing a game where he's making teenagers' heads explode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in full graphic detail. Um, in a way, it... Kind of reminded me of the way that how, like, when you see the original Battle Royale, how that started off making you feel like, oh my god, they're just killing teenagers left and right here. In this, it's much goofier. It's goofier, but it still has a bit of an impact. Because, I mean, you're seeing teenagers' heads explode, albeit when the heads explode, there are red marbles. marbles. that fly all over Red the marbles fall all over the floor. And so what happens is, though, event like eventually in this scene, um, uh, Shun does uh, somehow come out almost as the la just by nature of well, I somehow managed to touch like the red button on the back of the doll's head, and now I'm alive. What unfolds then is that Shun, it's a it's yeah. a it's all across the world we're led to believe that there are these giant floating alien cubes almost like out of the movie arrival but they're but, cubes instead of uh those more other obelisks whatever you call them in that movie and then shun realizes he is part of an ever escalating bracket of games yeah where teenagers are being captured they're forced to compete to the death 
in the goofiest ways possible. Yeah. With some of the most Japanese games you've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, it's, it's like... Until there is one final survivor. And it is... I've already said this is insane, but it's one of the most entertaining, insane films you'll ever see. Yeah. Now, now again, I have to emphasize that at this point in time that we're recording this, um, just before the start of summer 2017, this movie doesn't have a U.S. distributor. I actually kind of got lucky because the DVDs that you can get online, they're by and large not necessarily compatible with u.s uh, dvd players uh i just somehow lucked out and got a copy that was i think a region zero or something so i was able to watch it now so that means uh you know you do have to put in some work to get a copy of this it's i would well say it's worth, worth it. it i would say it is pretty worth it especially if you are a fan of this director's work and even if not if you want to just see a really creative teenage game like in a way it almost I, I told you when we were watching it a little bit of saw but it's much better because it, instead of it, it certainly being this, doesn't take itself too seriously yeah because in saw you had the whole like let's play a game and then like jigsaw like punishing all these people and you know it makes you feel all miserable watching the torture here the, the you have a like at one you have a polar bear robot and and like these giant floating not giant but these floating uh kokeshi dolls yeah these dolls that almost look like bowling pins or something floating around kids these teenagers heads and yeah they are life or death scenarios but they're so japanese they're so adorable there's this weird juxtaposition between it's a contrast between between the simplicity of all these games because they're like they're like children's games i they're they're playing red light green light they're playing a sort of like musical chairs game but not quite the same or they're trying to you know figure out which one of them is lying yes. and they're very simple games but the stakes are so high yes that it ends up being as funny as it is tragic there's there's like the in a way you could say that the structure is a little different from what you might be used to with the usual uh in in the hollywood three-act structure this almost seems more like five acts yeah. because there are five different games what you call games or levels yeah like the, for example or another example the second game like so after they somehow shun takahata and there's this other girl named uh ichika ichika thank you they they somehow make it out but they're still in the, the high school where in the gymnasium there is a giant cat that a it, giant cat statue yeah and all the kids who have somehow survived in the high school whose heads haven't exploded are ordered to put on mice costumes but that only makes them targets for the cat. And that's the weird thing. These games are very simple. Well, simple in concept, not simple in execution. But there's so there are so many more layers to what's yeah. actually going on. There's yeah. the first game is very simple, but then things get much more complex as people have to compete against each other. They have to try to find out how to work together, even though they understand possibly that this will mean their death. Yeah, now that is what makes it a little different from when I compared it earlier to Battle Royale, because in that it was more of a one for all and all for one type thing where, you know, you have to fight each other until the death. Here, there's a little more collaboration, which is, uh, I don't know if I'd say if that's a better message. Well, there are fewer <laughs> characters in this, fewer yeah, characters, characters that have, have meaningful roles. Yeah, which, which does so you have get, its own So even though Battle Royale has this extensive cast and every kill is counted for in that film, you get a lot less time with each person. Yeah. You get, you get time with select groups of people, but minor characters die very quickly, yeah. and some die very <laughs> hilariously. They make the most of it in Battle Royale, but in this one, they try to create a little more drama so here's a question i have for you so some this is something i wrote down in my notes as i was watching this so i think it's because this is live action 
that so much of this seems so delightfully batshit, but still batshit insane. If this was anime, would it seem as crazy? I feel like if this was actually an anime, it would just be like, all right, we accept this. You know, you have a point. <laughs> because anime you expect to be very weird. Yeah, it, like even I, Dragon, even Dragon Ball Z, which is meant for kids. I, but, but, but Dragon Ball Z is kind of is pretty generic in in terms of anime. I mean, it's got crazy things about it, but yeah. that's not even scratching the the uh, that's not even scratching the surface yeah. or, of anime or wackiness. Like, or like Paprika or something like that. Yeah, but that's that's more of a well, okay. But <laughs> think about something like uh, Fully Cooly. Yes, which is really crazy. Even though they do it in only six episodes, there are things like Death Note and Attack on Titan, which are horrifying, but also very strange. Yeah. And this, and, you know, there's a lot more stuff in, in anime that is really wacky and visually interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think you have a point. If this was animated, I don't think it would stand out as much as it does now that it's in live action. Now, this isn't, and this is even the first time that this is a thing for Maike because, I mean, Ichi the Killer, which is itself a wildly violent and sometimes grotesque, but also just joyously strange movie, that was also based on a manga. And so I, I have to wonder if maybe there's also just it's there in the text, you know. Maybe obviously I feel like he brings something to it. And you know, this is actually the first part of the story of this oh, series. Oh Christ! It is only a two-parter. <laughs> it's a two-parter. Wow. And that kind of bears out in the structure of this film because there are, while everything is going on inside this cube, while all these games mm. are going on. Uh, in the outside world, things are happening. We get glimpses of what's going on. And, uh, tiny glimpses. Tiny glimpses, which is great. They don't dwell on it because if essentially I, nothing is happening out there. I would say, though, that I, by the end of the movie, though, I was still a little... I could have used at least one or two more scenes with a particular character that they do flash to because I just... Okay, it's cool that you're cutting it to this other guy who's on the outside watching what's happening. Uh, he's like, I think, a, a, a an, art, an artist or something. He's kind of a shut-in, I believe. Yeah, but... The I, Japanese equivalent of that. Yeah, but I just... I didn't get a handle on that character. And then by the end, it's like he leaves and he makes some grand statement to, I guess, his mother or whoever it is. And I was just like, who were you? That's the thing. I And at the end... Well, we're not going to say what happens at the end... I, I don't think it would make too much of a difference because I don't even think this movie, the second movie has been made. But it is very much a setup for something that is to come later. And they spend so little time on that setup that it's perfectly okay. I mean, think about a Marvel movie where you have little nods to different characters or different parts of the story that right. might come up in future films. We'd accept that as a matter of course because we'd recognize certain Marvel properties and yeah. certain images. And that's what this film is kind of doing. It's setting up little bits of things that are going to be important in part two. If, if, if part ever two ever it. gets made. Yeah, well, I... To me, I, though, I, that, I, that, that... But the thing is, this movie... By the end of it, though, it felt like it had ended. It didn't feel like I needed to see a part two, exactly. Now, that isn't to say that the movie doesn't intrigue you about other things, because as I mentioned... There are you're led to believe that there are other cubes around the planet. So I'd be curious maybe if they did like another country like uh uh I I don't know, um like Sweden version of As the Gods Will and uh But I don't, I don't there, don't there think... you get like the Elizabeth Sullender uh character facing off against. Um the thing that also about this movie though that makes it fun and really unpredictable and this is something that i've noticed a lot in maike's work is that he just will often have a lot of mischief and thing and like characters that and scenarios where it's just the unpredictable nature of it you're wondering okay what's he gonna do now and the the sequence with the cat which almost went on a little too long it started to skate towards that edge of all right we get it how when are you gonna when is this gonna end but you're waiting to see, okay, what twist is going to happen next. And, okay, so it's a cat. He's, you know, the cat's, like, killing things with its paws. 
Wait, now it wants to be scratched? <laughs> this film, I mean, I, I was thinking the same thing. It's like every once in a while, I'd be saying like, what? Now what's going on? Yeah. And it's like, this film had the uncanny ability to keep surprising me, no matter how crazy it had been before. It never loses steam. No, and it, it's, it, yeah, it, it has also the, yeah, because it throws something else at you. But what's cool is that the, the designs of these, uh, uh, cre- I don't know if you call them creatures. They're like, they're like, they're like totems or something. They're, they are objects that are, that we in America have no idea what they are. But in Japan, they're inc- they're exceedingly common. Well, all well, the fifth one is something that I think people know all, all across yeah, the we, world. Yeah, we understand that the one at the end. I mean, that's that's more of a, that's something that we recognize. All, all, that's more worldwide uh, in exposure. But things like a Daruma. Yeah. See, I didn't even a, know that was a, a beckoning I, cat statue. Yes. Kokeshi dolls. I those things are. We we probably even haven't even seen them in the United States if no. you're living if you're if you're living here. Yeah. I happen to know what they are because I've seen a few seen a few animes and read some some manga. Yeah, I'm it, not sure what the hell the polar bear is supposed to be. He was a Coca, but okay. He was a Coca Cola advertisement. Sti- but no matter. But even if you're not familiar, you can understand sort of what these things are about without having any knowledge because they basically explain what they're going to do and they explain the rules of the game. Yes. Whether you know it's this sort of Japanese toy that's existed for centuries is beside the point. Yeah, no, no. It's it's you're, more about... You're okay, going to wonder why it looks that way, but it's not important. Yeah. Well, it could have been anything. Yeah, it's like, okay, there's this giant cat. Now what are these characters going to do about it? Yeah. Uh, you, you, I think that in a way that Dor, Dor, Doramu... I'm calling it like Daruma. See, now I'm getting confused with the uh, character from Doctor Strange, <laughs> Dormomu. Dormamu. Yeah, whatever. Didn't you like that movie? I did. Um, I just forgot the name of the villain for a moment. Um, but that, but you, that was great though that they did that at the beginning, because right away, whoever you are, even if you're in Japan, I'm sure, maybe not Japan, but. Most country, most people watching this movie will see that scene, and it will be shocking. Like if, and I, but I think that that's like the, the way to break you in in a good way. It's like if you can get past this, you can watch anything in this movie. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, okay, almost but, anything. Well, but we'll get well, to that later. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know it, it's it's. Um, and in a sense, there are also parts of this, too, that, and I don't know if you agreed with this, but another element, too, almost like Alice in Wonderland, where characters are kind of going from scene to scene and games kind of happening with these characters that they somehow have to pass. Not quite the hot, not quite the state. Alice in Wonderland didn't have the stakes that this does. It's child games. But it's child games. The characters. Are the, these teenagers are faced with these objects that they just want to have fun, and they just want to have fun with it. Why? Why? What's and kill fun? you? Yeah, basically that. It's like, but it, but in this world, those two things are compatible. It, again, that's Japan, man. You have the most adorable, <laughs> huggable, cutesy things, and gut wrenching violence. That's why I think uh, this is just a side note. Like non-Japanese directors, yeah, because like you look at the kind of movies he makes, he either makes these crazy violent movies like the Mad Max movies, or he makes Babe or Happy Feet. Mm. <laughs> I see your point. Now, uh, anyway, before we get into spoilers, if, if, why don't we just give a little uh, a brief a brief opinion for those who uh, who might want to save their. Uh, well, if, if you are Emotions. going to, well, yeah, well, if you are somehow going to tra- uh, want to track down the movie and watch it, uh, I liked it quite a bit. I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Um, I had little issues here and there with a the scene going on a little long. I mean, it's a full two-hour movie, so. But those, those are two hours well spent. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it, it overall goes too long. It's just a scene or two I felt like could have. I don't know how you would tighten it. Just a couple of scenes would have been maybe a little bit tighter and a little bit stronger. Um, 
also I really like how the movie plays with character types because it doesn't it, it just shows you like with these characters like uh, um, Takahata and then there's also this other character Amaya who yeah. comes up and he's supposed to be the the young he's punk. the crazy one he's the cra- he's the one who you con- who he's every time the one you with megalomania him, you can tell because of his crazy hair and he'll say things to a character like you and i are quite alike yeah we're not so different you and i <laughs> except uh, in japanese yeah and yeah, he, he has lines like that or like i why don't i i i both love and want to kill you or something like that wasn't wasn't that the line to, kill, to, to love and kill are the same thing. Yeah, to love and which, kill are the which, same thing. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. No. But also, I, I kind of like... I don't the, think that's a Japanese thing either. I think that's just bad writing. But above all, just as a general summing up, I, um, I do kind of like also the idea that at the heart of this movie is the message that, well, are you going to be bored all your life or are you going to try to be somebody <laughs> i don't know if that's the message to take but i see what you mean i would not have put it that way <laughs> well yeah well it's like the main character is basically leading a very boring life and then boom there's the giant floating head that kills everybody but all right but how about you i think basically these characters aren't anything special they have they adhere to recognizable types in japanese media yeah. and i don't think that's bad though i mean the clearly the the attraction here is not necessarily the characterizations it's the situations and the resolution of those situations yes which is quite creative but and never too outlandish yeah so that's my opinion this was fantastic this was a lot of fun would i i'm not quite sure where i'd put it in my miike uh pantheon uh I think my favorite one of his movies is The Happiness of the Katakuris, which is his uh, his musical. Is that the one with the the inn out in the forest and yes. everybody sings? Yes. Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, but this one, <laughs> this one's up there. I, I like this quite a lot. Um, one more note. Um, some of the CGI, uh, maybe not as polished as you might expect in, you know... Uh, a big Hollywood movie or something, but in a way that adds to the charm. It, it's not the worst CGI. It's just not very good. No, the CGI is nothing to write home about. <laughs> but I don't. Uh, but just like those characters, it was all just good enough. It becomes it becomes part of the whole. It never distracts you. Yeah, not not too much. No. It's not like the Power Rangers movie bad CGI. Yeah. <laughs> or. Uh... Or there's also some bad CGI in a movie that we're going to talk about in the next episode, too. But we'll, we'll get to that later. So if, if you'd like to be spoiler-free, uh, pause now and join us later on or in another episode. And, or if you'd like to stick around, then stick around. So pause here. I can't wait to see what sound effects you play for the transition. I don't know what I, I I'll find something. Um, I don't know what. How maybe those maybe those maybe those maybe those dolls singing that would be yeah. a great one. Or the Dar, or the Daruma saying uh, Daruma falls okay. down. All right. So one thing that I would say that not a I don't know if I'd say if this is a flaw, but it is a little bit of a nitpick, and it maybe can't be helped because of the kind of movie that it is. I at a certain point I basically realized that um i'm trying to find my exact note how i put this um basically i feel like at a certain point you know that the main characters are going to be okay yeah i i I don't know a more blunt way to put that it's just that you kind of expect okay well 
we don't really know you too well. You're going to die. It's a little bit of like that horror movie trope where it's in a, a slasher movie. It, this suffers from red shirt syndrome. Mm, yeah. You know, uh, you, you can basically tell who's going to die. But again, the characters are not the important thing. No, not exactly. And in the end... There are it's some a, surprises near the very end. The, the, the pleasure of this is not in the suspense of who dies... Mm. Although, if you do kind of get invested in the minor characters, you might ha feel a bit of suspense about there that. There was one character but you can tell that who's we going to go. Yeah, there there are two people you know, or at least three people you know who are going to live into the end. That's that's uh, that's Shun, that's Ichika, and it's Amaya. Yeah, you know those three are going to be in the in the big showdown. Yeah, but the thing is, it's not about that. Because once you recognize it, the pleasure of the movie, as I said in at the end of my brief little yeah. wrap-up before, is that it's about how they get out of the situation. Yeah, and because you do like the characters, at least, uh, you know, or at least, you know, Shun and Ichika, um, you kind of are curious, okay, now how, what are they going to do in this situation? Because How are they going to win this game? Yeah, because the... the the, these games are so stacked against them and you know at first certain games like with the polar bear you know the, the whole thing with the polar bear like he, the, this this polar bear appears and says i like all white i hate black and yeah. of course at that point i said that's racist um but um but the polar bear is like a uh, a like in the, there's you can tell when people are lying it, it's the it's the saga lying cat there's this comic book called Saga, and there's this character in it called Lion Cat. Okay. And the whole thing is the cat knows when someone's lying, and so I'll just say liar. That's the character. Right. Um, but and yeah, so so the, so the, the the idea is in the, the polar bear asks them questions, and the who among these teenagers is lying when they respond. Very simple questions, not like what's your favorite food. Not what's the what's the average velocity of, of a swallow. <laughs> you know, it's things like what's your favorite food? Do you like this person? And if someone lies, he'll know and they have to choose someone to die. Yeah. And, and the twist on that is Well, who also well, who would want who would lie in that situation? Right, and that's the whole point. Yeah. And Shun figures this out at the end, after it's a little too late. Yeah. But, you know, each time they solved a problem, the answer made sense. They didn't solve it through force. Yeah. And it, see, it was completely believable. What was cool... They used their game logic. What was cool about that sequence, too, was that before, in that first sequence with the... Uh, uh, the Dorma, the Dorma head. Dora. D D now you did it. Daruma. You almost did it. Dor Daruma. Damn it. That Daruma and Dormammu are going to be the two tongue-tied things. Anyway. So that scene and the scene with the cat, those are more about just action. Yeah. But the thing with, but the polar bear, that, and also the other one with the, uh, the, the other floating dolls, those are more about okay, now we actually have to have skill. Now we actually have to work together in a way that... Um, you got to play... Yeah, you got to play the game to win. You got to play the game to win at life. <laughs> and... <laughs> and and so because of this, if you... Now, if you're only watching it for, like, the cheap thrills, then, I don't know, you might be watching this and be like, this is boring. But I think that... hope I think that Maike's skill is that you get invested in these characters, even in the minor ones, to a small extent. So you're kind of wondering then, um, you know, almost like a Ten Little Indians thing. Who's who's the one who's lying? Also, you know, who's going to figure out uh, who's the, 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 the floating doll that's talking behind them? Um, so it, there is... It, the suspense of it is more of... Here's the here we're building up the tension of trying to figure out this game. Yeah, I don't know if I was going off on a. Rant You're right. Um, uh, and again, like the, now, there are certain aspects to the movie too that, you know, they're, they're teenagers. Sure. So you are dealing with teenage characters, um, you know, little jealousies and 
you can't quite figure out Amaya, but you know that he is a jerk. Well, that's again, he he's he's a well-established type. Yeah, there's that's the thing. Yeah, he he's a type. Even Takahata, you could say, is a little bit of a type. Yes, but he grows a little bit. He's the somewhat on. jaded uh, teenager suffering from ennui. Would you say Ichika is a type too? Yeah, she's she's the girl next door. Yeah, that literally. It, and as, as you pointed this out too, that in Japan, that's just a thing. Well, no, we have the girl next door here. It's just that it's super common over there too. <laughs> Yes, the, the only boy in America the... do we have the girl next door. Nowhere else. <laughs> Get out of here, Japan. Uh, but, I mean, that's a, com- that's a common thing. It's like the, the, the boy and the girl who have known each other since childhood. Yes. And they've reached a point in their lives where it's like, are we going to fall in love or are we not? Yeah. And then the crazy thing happens and they, in- they inexorably get drawn together. Good. Uh, but, you know, that, but, uh, it, if it works, it works. Here, here's the now. Here's the spoiler. Here, here is, here's the kind of note that I wrote to myself when I was watching this movie, and I wrote this in big, big block letters on my notepad. The polar bear lied all along. <laughs> he was the turkey all along. Here's yeah. uh, here here's here's a uh, here's a note from mine from about the middle of the movie. Okay. Death by splits, not fun. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it, now No, that was it. I will say that after the first I'm going to say the first half, the movie wasn't quite as violent as it was in the first. No. But the It's hard to say if this is graphic or not. Because no, it, it all almost, of the violence has this very tongue-in-cheek execution. There is blood. You, there, oh yeah, there's blood. But, but if, you know, when people's heads explode in the beginning, it's full of it's like their heads just basically just pop like balloons and red marbles spill over yeah, the place, now, now which I, is weird, but interesting. I have, and then yeah. in, in the second one, the cat is eating people dressed up in mouse suits, and out and. But the mice. How the, can that not be funny? Yeah, and and the mice people, they just go in his mouth. You don't really see like them, you know, blood coming out or anything I, like that. The only thing that becomes hard to watch is that scene with the third game, where that woman is forced to split. She literally splits. She, she goes to Splitsville, man. And it's like I had trouble watching that. That's might just be me. No, no, no. It it. <laughs> What, what makes it graphic, actually, he shows a, a bit of it, but he actually shows more so, and this is, maybe this is Maike getting, showing some restraint as he gets older, he, he could have actually shown more. Like, in Ichi the Killer, you see things in that movie, I know I've, I talked about that, I think, on a, on a previous episode. Actually, I think on the last comics episode. Yeah. You know, you have things in that movie where you see a character split in half, and you see the whole body come apart right. and uh you know room you know got tongues coming getting cut out and torture and all sorts of things i feel like this movie he again it is violent but it's also the kind of violence that i think he might have been aiming in japan for like a teenager rating like this in, I, feel I don't like in, know i, feel I can't like in Japan, say this would have been a pg i can't say what the tolerances for violence are in japanese cinema in the japanese cinema market it, i think the tolerance is pretty i don't know if i'm gonna say high or low i'm not quite sure how that works right, but you and i we see all the japanese films we've seen they may we we've picked them for a reason usually because of unusualness hmm. now i don't know if that's unusualness compared to what we usually see or if that's unusualness for japan but i haven't seen enough japanese films to say okay this is graphic for a japanese audience this is not well let me put it this way like in you know, like kill bill volume one uh tarantino uh took that uh that climactic uh big battle where the bride fights the crazy 88 and he made a big chunk of that in black and white uh, and because, and I think that the idea was, well, I, you know, we might get an NC-17. In Japan, he left that all in color. Hmm. Now, I don't know whether he just thought, 
well, Japan can stomach it. They can take it. Or if he just did it to be crazy-ass Tarantino and do something different. But I I feel like generally they're they're more... They're more allowing for the kind of violence that some that in America you have to be a certain age to get into. I feel like again, this is from a manga that is I did just say manga. Um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna get you down on your pronunciation uh, right, this time. Right. It's a manga that um, again has teenage characters, has a battle royale ish isk ish little bitness uh, premise. Uh, and I don't know. I, I guess it doesn't matter. But the, I mean, the, the thing with we we associate comics in America with a certain audience, yeah, which is usually young males. Yeah. In ja- in Japan, manga is for everybody. Hmm. Interesting. So everybody reads manga in Japan. Yeah. Maybe I think it's and much. When you more, say everybody. It's, it's like the prime minister is. Let me let me manga. be a, a bit more precise. It's. A wider range of people read what we would call comics in, mm. in America. They read manga. Yeah, even and there there's manga for all types of audiences. Even Hayao Miyazaki did uh, his fair share of manga. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of other things I want to say about the movie. Uh, um, the ending. Yeah. Well, what happens in the fifth in the fifth and final sequence? Um, the not not entirely, but it's the CGI craziness gets toned down a little bit because here you just have the there is there you have the what do you call it the Marushka dolls Matrushka Matrushka dolls which you've seen those it's the doll it's the little doll and the little doll um, the nesting dolls yeah nesting dolls there's even a joke in Nightmare Before Christmas um, and these dolls give this uh, game of kick the can. Yeah. to the kids and um yeah it comes down to a battle of wills and outsmarting one or the other the game takahata uh, and amaya yeah uh, and, and and shun wins he gets all his guys out of jail and nobody dies until yes then they you know the, then the dolls are like pops- congratulations you win here's some popsicles and the popsicles kill a couple of them Three of them. Three of them, yeah. <laughs> Two and people we don't care about, and Ichika. Yeah, I almost wondered if maybe there should have been more of an emotional reaction to Ichika's death. Well, I kind of feel like Takahata because just got like Ichika, and then that was it. Yeah, I guess maybe it was more like the feeling of now I lived and I don't have this girl who I really wanted to go I to feel, movies with and hang out with. I feel kind of let down. Because I was really? happy. I was happy that they had survived. I felt like I was taken in by it. See, I almost thought that they were all gonna die, and you were, and you said I do not want to see that. Yeah, and I, th- and I thought I, I make it a little dramatic. I, and maybe it's just because I got I got drawn in, and then there, there was a bit of a switcheroo. Yeah, but I understand it a little better yeah. because. There is a weird thing in Japan where with popsicles that is kind of a game, and I. But to have, to but to have the ending hinge on that plot device, seems a little cheap. Yeah, I. And, and the other thing is we don't know what all of this was about. What, what do you mean by that? We don't know why this whole death match was done. That's a good we don't point. know the reason for it, yeah. and to a certain ex- and to a large extent, that works in the film's favor. We don't have to explain why this elaborate effort to kill so many people and have very few survivors is going on. Here's the thing: on the one hand, um, I'm glad that we don't have the thing that sometimes movies do, where you have a character who explains the whole backstory. Yeah, exposition everything. dump exposition dump you don't have that but on the other hand they go the other route where you know you could explain a tiny bit and in a way that wouldn't be something that you'd be afraid of and because it nothing is explained it adds to the crazy random feel that you get sometimes watching these kind of japanese movies because you're just okay these 
creatures came from, I guess, this cube and the... Because I almost at first wasn't sure, like, the teenagers were inside this cube. Yeah. And that part was okay. That makes it almost like I'm, but before that Japanese cube. But before that, they're just in a high school. Yeah, they're so in their how, classroom, how go, and then they're they in their the, gym. Yeah, how they go from the how they go from the high school into the cube? Right. They and never show And with other Japanese films, this is another thing that kind of that works in its favor. Battle Royale is essentially a ludicrous premise. Yeah. Because, for some reason, life in Japan is terrible, <laughs> and they think they're going to help solve their problems by having an entire high school class fight to the death. Yeah. And apparently this is done completely at random. I have no idea how that's supposed to work. At least there that felt like there had that had a little bit more of I'm not gonna say believability, but you didn't need to explain that too much. It's just we're this the militarist we're this totalitarian society, we're imposing this battle royale on you, fight. That's it. This, the mechanics though, of it were very grounded in reality. Yeah. There were no, there was no magic. There was no future technology. You know, it's not inconceivable you could take 40, ch 40 teenagers, put them on an island, and give them the supplies to kill each other. That's not fantastical in a sense of plausibility. Yeah. It just, the reasons for it just... And the justification for it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, like, why does this... Why do these cubes come to Earth to make teenagers and are they even these... from outer space or anything we have no idea well, well, what the well, origins of these things well, they are call themselves gods yeah and near the end they tr they almost try to slip in this thing of does god exist and you know what what should we believe in the gods or, or god and that that actually was the one thing that felt a little bit crammed in at the end i but that is set up for the second part I'm presumably if there is a second film. I'm Nick Fury. They're going I want to you here for as the gods will too. If there is a second film, they are going to explain that because we reach the point where the exposition dump should come. Yeah. And then we cut, and that's see, the end of the film. See, that's where I think that you could have had a little bit more with um, you know what would have the been random the... with the with the guy that they keep cutting out to the shut in. What if maybe he was a character who was really trying to find out what was going on with this. He he is our character that is a uh, conspiracy man who <sighs> is actually the one who is not crazy. You are all crazy. I see what's really happening and uh, again I don't know if that's really cliched itself, but but you could have you could have had him be a little more interesting than just this guy who maybe if you read the manga you could be like oh that guy because hmm. maybe he was there for that but then watching it in the movie it felt like something was lost in the adaptation of it perhaps oh one last thing we should mention um uh, this is just a small thing but on the dvd that i got uh again this is from malaysia i think it doesn't have the title as the god's will it might actually be there in japanese but on the DVD cover, why don't you tell them what it says? Uh, so this is... Uh, I'm going to try to say Japanese words that are written in English letters. Okay. Uh, Kamisama no Yu Turi. Live action the movie. <laughs> and normally you'd have, like, Japanese title, live action underneath on the second line. And in the third line you'd have the movie. Live action and the movie are in the same line. So it basically looks like this movie is called live action the movie. Yeah, well, it's because... That they, is weird. Yeah, there's no mention at all that this is called As the Gods Will. It, it Not on the front of the cover for some reason. No, I don't even know. Does it say on the back? Uh, it says it on the spine. Oh. No, wait. <laughs> no. As the Gods Won't. Actually. And we don't know Japanese. We're just no. we're just uh, regular if, if, people. If by chance if there are any Japanese listeners to the Wage of Cinema, you can send us a an expletive filled email to wagesofcinema at gmail dot com. But right in English, we don't speak Japanese. Yes, yeah, we so, like to be cursed at in a language we understand. Um, but uh, final thoughts. I am glad that Takashi Maike exists. This movie reminds me 
once again, why I want him to make a Katamari Damachi movie. Mm. And I think, if anything, this reinforces that he would be spectacular at doing that. Um, I think that he... You know, bring, Jack? He makes this a very entertaining film, and he actually puts a lot of heart into it. The actors are, you know, they're going full hog into it. As, you know, you've seen a lot of Japanese movies, nobody half-asses it too much in these types of movies um just enough ass yeah maybe in a couple of the lesser godzilla movies maybe they half-ass a little bit but uh um but no they're really trying to give it their all amaya the actor who plays him has a lot of screen presence um and yeah if you're open to kind of bizarre out there japanese cinema this is a this is a good one it's not too gruesome um, maybe don't show it to the real little kids. <laughs> if they wander in the room, maybe go, all right, get out of here, little kid. But, uh, you're about to say something, though. Uh, I think this is just a great find. Mm. I, I feel lucky that I was able to find this without knowing anything about it, going into it cold, and being utterly pleased with what I found. Yeah. So now you guys know the secret. So you can see this if you buy it from Malaysia, Malaysia. and have the right DVD player. <laughs> yeah, just do a little digging, and hopefully someday somebody will uh, snap up the rights and release this properly. Uh, All right, if, if you're a fan of Japanese culture, Japanese media, this is a film for you. That's a good way to and put it, And you can too. show it to all your friends, and they'll be like, what is going on? Yeah. Why? Well, I, I didn't know high school could be like this. Ah. Um, so, yes, if you uh, somehow watch this movie or have any thoughts about our episode, you can reach us on Facebook or Twitter at the Wages of Cinema Podcast, at Wages of Cinema on Twitter. Uh, we're also on Tumblr. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud. I believe we're still on Stitcher as well. Um, so when we come back, we are going to follow up on an episode we just did about a new movie, but we're going to go and talk about older movies that have the same title. How's that as a tease? Yes. I, I couldn't find a more elegant way to do it. So stay tuned. <laughs> あ、遊びといえば、カゴメカゴメに決まってんだろ。やめろ。はあ。嘘つきやだな。ミシンバイ。<笑><笑>